Hi, Margo. How are you? I'm just thriving, doing amazing, loving life. How are you doing? Well, I'm not going to lie to my listeners like that. Doing fucking shit. (laughs) And 90% of it is because of money. Cash money, baby. And... Um, now in Canada, everything to do with our money is just going to get worse because fucking Chucky's face is going to be all over it. Yeah, I don't know. They're going to have to add little handles on the side of the balloons and toonies. Yeah. How are they going to fit those? That's mean, but he deserves it. Um, yeah, so this, so I want to just chat sort of about some like, larger conceptual things having to do with that cash money um and for this is going to be like just kind of like me spitballing on some things that i have been thinking and reading about a little bit and then we'll probably have like another one with sam where he like clarifies a bunch of this uh stuff sort of later um because i am not an ancient historian and a lot of this stuff is going to be like real real old-timey shit (laughs) Good Sounds stuff. good. We'll do a, um, a part one, part two. But yeah, I mean, whenever he wants to do it, this isn't, it's not a big deal. It's just sort of like talking about um, some of the big concepts around money, why and why it exists the way that it does now. Um, but I started thinking about it again um, when I found out that in Canada they were going to put charles's face on the money because a lot of people for a while were convinced that because um there is no actual like legal requirement to have the monarch on the canadian currency um and people sort of universally don't like charles for obvious reasons um and were apathetic toward elizabeth just because it was like a fucking century that she was the monarch and on the 20 that people were like, whatever they thought that they were just going to leave it. Um, turns out they're not, they're going to put him on it. And I was thinking about that and about heads of state being on the currency. Um, Cause right. Sitting presidents in the U S are not on currency. It's like a sort of representative person. And some of them aren't even former heads of state who are on it. Um, Alexander Hamilton. Right. Get those Benjamins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I was thinking about this and I was like sort of scrolling back through a book that I read quite a while ago by noted anthropologist slash historian slash big thinker man, David Graeber, who was a wonderful thinker, sort of the like anarchist history realm. And he has a really, really great text called Debt, the First 5,000 Years. And it is a massive tome, but it is fascinating from the first page to the last and sort of goes through this process of the creation of money and currency as we think about it it started as like a sort of smaller project that he was doing kind of around the idea of virtual currency where you know around 2008 and that crisis and even before in like the 90s with the introduction of the debit card people sort of started being like yo this is going to change the way that money works like it's going to be like wild and 
that conversation has come back up and Graver's come sort of back into the kind of like intellectual limelight with crypto uh, because all these dude bros are out here being like, yo, this is going to like change the way that we do all of this money stuff. And if you read Graver's book or really any of these other texts kind of about like chronicling early instances of the usage of coinage or even before the use- usage of coinage, you realize that like, yeah, it's number one, there there are some very real reasons as to why crypto's never gonna fucking work. Um, and you can tell, you know, that one really asshole cousin that you have at Thanksgiving next year that like, no, you're not gonna give him money for like Dogecoin or whatever it is that people are doing now and you don't want to buy land in the metaverse because it's not gonna be real and there's some very real reasons that I'll get to in a second. Can't believe you don't support my NFT collection. <laughs> I thought, is that what you're doing now that you've realized that you can't have the MLM? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really sad about not, not having an MLM. So, you know, it's next scam over. <laughs> next scam. Um, yeah, so when we when we think about like early the early adoption of money, like what's the the narrative that we have? I mean, the narrative I heard <laughs> was the like people would exchange goods and services. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we decided, you know what, instead of having to trade all the time, we'll just have one system of exchange to represent value. But I feel like that's not it. So that, yes, exactly. So like, this is what we're taught. And this is what all of these like, economists are sort of like referencing all the time is this idea of the like, simple barter to monetary progression. And it's just straight up wrong and like made up based on zero evidence uh and sort of like the foundational texts of capitalism are also like this so like a lot of the stories of simple barter that we have come from these foundational texts of capitalism like adam smith's wealth of nations right which right economists are like ah adam smith like fucking dope the invisible hand like we should be basing our lives into all of our systems of everything around this and legitimately Adam Smith was just some random Scottish dude who made a bunch of shit up like he had no historical evidence for anything that he was saying he was just like bopping around the early 18th century being like I have thoughts about things and this is true of the past I don't have to prove to you why I'm just gonna say it is um how to be academic in the 18th century i had some ideas i wrote them down they are now canonized yeah so he he based a lot of this on sort of like fourth person accounts of what exchanges with indigenous people in north america have gone like man never went to north america my guys just in scotland like no idea about the rest of whatever anyway and that's where these ideas come from are these like sort of foundational texts of like why we need capitalism why we can't trust the pores like all of these things are that if we didn't have money and if it didn't operate the way that it did now we would have to go back to simple barter but if you look at the and that like coins are this thing that represents something real and physical and that the wild thing about virtual money now is that 
there is no like physical coinage that's going to represent this simple trade. But the real thing is that if we if we go back and we look at historical evidence of pre-coinage societies, they're not actually engaging in simple barter. And the only places where systemically people are engaging in simple barter are in places that formerly had coinage. So, right, you see a lot of simple trade and simple barter happening. And just to clarify, simple trade and barter is I have three pairs of shoes and you have 15 goats. I need 15 goats and you need three pairs of shoes. And we exchange those things considering them to be equal. Obviously, right, the 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 narrative goes that like this gets complicated because like what if you have the 15 goats that I need and I have the three shoes, but you need five pallets of wood, and then we have to go and find John who needs shoes and has wood and like exchange it around. Right. It's a it's a lot of side quests. We don't need to be doing that. Yes. But like I said, so the the only places where we see like that simple barter where people are equating things in that way is is in societies that form had coinage. So we see a lot in the years sort of immediately following the fall of the Roman Empire. So uh, like there's a couple hundred years there where people are still sort of using the coins of the Roman Empire, but, you know, in places where they couldn't necessarily get or maintain the use of those coins, they start reverting to simple barter before going back to a complex system of debt, which is what existed before coinage. So simple barter only exists in societies that had coinage of some sort, some money of some sort. Otherwise, it doesn't exist because there is nothing external to the objects that you have to set up that simple equality. Right. Right. Like that just doesn't exist. So what you have in like early Mesopotamia, what we find basically from logbooks, like if you've been listening for a while, um, Sam will have talked about all of these different ways that we have records from ancient times. Most of them are in these clay tablets that were used and reused and used and reused and the ones that we have now are because they got caught in fires and sort of hardened. Um, so we have some of these that were like caught in fires in Mesopotamia and hardened. And so they weren't like sort of continuously reused. Um, they were just kept as like ongoing records. And what we see is that in these really complex societies, it is just long ongoing systems of debt. So, right, John, the carpenter or whatever, comes and he builds the structures for a bunch of roofs and we're going to write down what he did. And then, you know, Jake the thatcher comes along, he thatches up the roofs, we write that down. And then later in the season, you know, the end of the summer or whatever, when there's like a harvest that comes in, we're paying them out for all of that in a certain amount of grain or John has a debt to so-and-so, so that grain's actually going to go to him or part of it's going to go to someone else. It's like these really complex things of like, we're just going to keep track of what everybody's done, of sort of what they've gotten from various people, much in a similar way to like how a debit card kind of works, right? Like a debit card doesn't necessarily keep track of physical coins that you have somewhere, yeah. but really it's just a tally of how much labor you have done or like what we've estimated the value of your labor to have been done up until this point and how much of that labor value you can exchange for other shit 
right? It's like, and you have like a sort of ongoing credits in various places, right? And like that can essentially go on for, you can just keep getting credit and credit and credit somewhere until somebody's decided like, you know what, this person's never going to pay back any amount of this. Fuck him. He doesn't get this anymore. Uh, So it's like, it's much more complex and kind of like an ongoing tally of all of these things. And almost all of it is based on future earnings, future work, future crop yields, all of these things. So everybody's kind of in debt to everybody else on some level. And one of the things that happens in these kinds of societies is that one group of people sort of takes control of kind of all of the debt, like slowly but surely takes control of it. And then you get into this society that's like vastly unequal. And that might lead to some system of slavery, or it might lead to some sort of like debt peonage kind of system. And that very quickly then leads to revolutions. And what we'll find up through the 18th century, the first thing that happens in a revolution is we're clearing out debts. So we're clearing out debts. Everybody goes back to equal start from scratch right all of the rich people lose all their stuff all of the poor people lose all their debt we're coming back everybody's sort of at the same place and that's kind of what goes on now there's a big shift in the period of ancient greece moving into rome and this happens in like a few different places kind of at the same time but totally separately and that is the advent of the use of coin and bullion so that's precious metals that the coins are made out of precious metals that all of these societies have decided have a value in and of themselves outside of representing a particular state's money so like they can be stolen melted down used for other shit and that's kind of important here so people start because people start using this because these like three societies so we see it kind of independently pop up in greece china and india And it's because all of these areas are in this series of ongoing wars and violent struggles, and they need to be able to pay mercenaries. And the mercenaries may or may not stay in that place and may or may not continue to use that coin. Yeah. And I guess you also, if you want, if you're a mercenary, you're like, I'm not, I I might not be alive by the time the harvest comes in. Like, I don't want to wait around to get paid out in grain. Like, I want something now. Yeah, you have to be paid like immediately so that you can then give that to like your wife or your brother or whoever and taken out so like yeah yeah, mercenaries have to be paid up front immediately or you're they're not going to do it right you're not going to put your life on the line for something the other thing that that is sort of happening in tandem then because a state or a ruler of some sort (laughs) uh kind of depending on how we're like defining all of these things but functionally because a state is paying it out to their army they are now saying that this is worth a certain amount and i will take it as payment as well so what happens right then is that the people who are paid in this the armies are paid in it it then starts moving out into markets as they start using it to buy things and then the state is has to then be willing to take it back as taxes and then this is why we get right charles's face on shit because what happens is that whoever is is making this money um is putting a symbol of the state on it in ancient greece it is like whatever the patron god or goddess of the city state is um but eventually it becomes like the caesars 
and then the monarchs in Europe. So that's what it's the symbol of the state to which right. you can take this money back and pay taxes in it. So that's sort of why I had been thinking about this book again was because was like, this is such a stupid thing. Like if you look at the other side of the toonie, the reverse side of the toonie or the loony, there's like a loon or a polar bear or things that make you think Canada. Charles does not make me think Canada. So I find it super bizarre that we put him on the money, but that's just me, an American. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, as a Canadian, also confused why we don't just say, all right, we can we can put something else on there. You know? yeah. And so that's why, like, in the U.S., you know, like, obviously, we're not going to reprint the money every four years. That's why in the U.S., particularly famous or genocidal presidents or other important historical figures onto our money, um, it's a symbol of the state. And then, like, on the reverse, right, we have these, like, famous buildings and monuments like the Lincoln Memorial on the $5, stuff like that. But yeah, so that's that. why I was sort of thinking about that. But then also somebody else around the same time that I was like kind of falling into this weird hole and rereading this book, another friend was talking about like, hey, I don't, I really don't understand crypto. Like, how does that even work? And I was like, haha, I could answer this for see you. It doesn't. <laughs> it does not work. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't do the thing that it says it's going to do. And that's because, right, what, what we were just saying, Money in and of itself doesn't have value, especially since we've moved to paper money. So that was a process that happened at the beginning of the 19th century was the movement away from precious metals and stones to paper money that the government has said is going to stand in for gold or silver. And that's fine. But it's it's again, it's because it's it's representing this larger chart, essentially, of all of the work that various people have done and the stuff that they have produced. That's all that money is. But you have to have the backing of state violence behind it. So when we're talking about like, okay, so they start making these coins, that's to pay mercenaries and saying that I will take this back in taxes. Like if you put this in a bank and then you bring it to me to pay your taxes, I will take that because I have said that it is money and I have paid the people who will violently come and take your land and all of your property from you. If you don't pay said taxes, I have paid them with this thing. So you can either pay me in goods, like a percentage of your crop or whatever, or you can give me these coins. Currently, right, then this was sort of the whole point of the tech bros who don't ever take a humanities class and realize that what they're trying to do isn't going to work because it's not backed by state. So they're trying to say, okay, well, if we we can have a better, more stable, more valuable currency, if we get rid of if we get rid of the state, if we get rid of the whims of the government fucking with our markets. But that doesn't, that's not really how it works, right? So like crypto is not backed by a bank, which means it's not protected by a government. It's not going to be accepted by any government as currency for taxes, which means that eventually you hit a wall of people who are willing to take it seriously as a representation of the labor you have done or the goods that you own, right? So like yeah. <laughs> my the best example is the thing that the, the tech bros really hold up as like an example of stuff, which is the Got first guy who bought pizza with like crypto shit, yeah, uh, which is 
yeah with bitcoin which if you like look into it he didn't actually do that he sent some other dude who was willing to take twenty dollars worth of bitcoin and exchange it for american currency and order a fucking domino's pizza to the other guy's house because domino's isn't going to take it because domino's can't then pay its corporate taxes of which there's probably not enough of with bitcoin because there's no state to back it up and without that threat of the army that's already been paid with that money there is no validity to it um, outside of the other dweebs on the internet who want to tell you that it's the safest way to store your money it's it's not right like honestly your mattress would be better i saw a thread on twitter about how like the whole global economy is going to switch to crypto eventually so like yeah so until 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 there is until there is a guy out there who has an actual army who can come and but through threat of violence, remove you from your home. Like so, there's there's a few options here of a moneyless world. There is a world of rampant, crazy warlord violence where like it doesn't Next matter. Road, let's go. <laughs> yeah, um, where like there are no states, and so there is no money in the way that we think of it. There's just something that everybody has sort of collectively decided is valuable and we trade it through threats of violence um which is similar to like the early years of this coinage especially in like china which was a warlord period one of the many warring states periods of china or we can move firmly into a collectivist model where we also don't have cash but we keep records of everything and we don't treat debt with threats of violence Right. It is right. a like moment where you your community takes a breath and is like, why have you not been able to contribute what we have decided is your fair share? Clearly, you're in need of something. And there's some really sweet and wonderful speculative fiction that has developed some societies like this. And of course, there are like communal societies that exist in small populations kind of around the world that exist like this um, and exist without money. So like money isn't like necessary or inherent to the function of society but it is a big part of the function of a state and especially of a state as we know it now which develops out of the late 16th century so yeah anyway uh if you're interested in more of this um there's the books that i mentioned earlier there's a bunch of other stuff that's about this um but also like don't trust crypto it's a fucking scam yeah and that's the break time today thanks for taking a break with babiaga thanks for taking a break we will see you next time when we will be discussing ron DeSantis's valiant fight against mickey mouse and why king charles iii is yet again involved a bitch be everywhere right can't escape <laughs> see you next time this baba yaga break time was brought to you by patreon supporters just like you follow us at baba yaga project on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok